that's a growler. It's Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and doubting old guys. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. I'm Tierney Steele. And with us one last time is Donnie Carr. Hey! Welcome back, Donnie. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Of course. Wouldn't wouldn't want you to do four days of work not to have the Friday. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much dialogue in this one. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> uh, Let me say my notes are extensive okay. or not so much. Oh, boy. Uh, this minute that we're talking about is minute 54, which starts with Atreyu walking toward the first gate, and it ends with him looking up at one of the sphinxes. And that's a very hard word to put in my notes. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I spelled it the same way anywhere this week. <laughs> um, S-F-I-N. <laughs> I, I knew that much, but between typos and then just doubting myself, yeah. So you're one of the doubting old guys. <laughs> just don't gall them out on us and start talking about the sphinxes. <laughs> She's typed it like that like six times, but it was, oh, as long man. as you don't read it, it's okay. Um, so you brought it up last minute because all of a sudden he's approaching the gate. He's approaching the gate. We see the mountain behind Atreyu. It looks hella far away. <laughs> that was not 109 miles. How did he get down here so fast? Hey, where did you... Who told you you could use that Southern California slang? 2002. <laughs> that's some weird time travel stuff there because we're in 2017 looking at a movie about 1984 and <laughs> i can't help it there's something about the slang that you used in high school that never entirely leaves you <laughs> yes yeah. is true before we get too far into the minute though i want to take a little break and and talk to our guest because this is the last time we get to have him so, Donnie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with the never-ending story? What's your never-ending story? Story. I, my mom took my sister and I to see this at the theater. So, I was born in 77. I guess I was. it came out in 84. I would have been seven then. Right. Um, just you know, like literally everyone around our age, this <laughs> is just a uh, beloved part of my childhood. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> What else what is else there to say? <laughs> it's the never-ending story. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> now, yeah. Do you remember, I know you, you guys did this on your podcast, Which, what movie were you defending while Chris was defending this? This was our, we actually, it was a different uh, format. Rather than have a theme where we all picked movies of that theme, this was our like childhood favorite movies. So we picked something that was really important to us as a child. So Chris picked this, uh, Corey picked Goonies, and I went with Secret of Nim. But obviously, we like all of those movies. True. So uh, I think this was the this won our Twitter poll, though. This was far and away the fan favorite. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nim was a great movie. I actually don't remember the movie so much, but I had a book, like a, a comic of it that I remember reading all the time. It was like a thick comic book you know i'm mistaken goonies was the twitter poll winner because now i'm remembering Corey's big pick uh 
Corey's big pick. He had like a boxing glove. He did like the data thing. Oh um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Goonies, but over Neverending Story. Yeah. I don't know what. I think. I think we just got some trolls or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe we need a, needed a better defender than Chris. Maybe. Uh, Corey all Feldman was fault. up on Twitter. That, I, I think pressing. he nailed it. That's it. <laughs> Voting all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got nothing else to do with his life except make weird videos and dance around with angels, apparently. See, and say, be a dad. He does a lot. He yeah. does a lot. It's just weird. <laughs> Oh, he's full time. Like between being a dad and doing all our social media stuff, yeah, that guy. Oh no, no, I was talking about uh, Corey. Feldman. Oh, Corey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all he does is edit and all that stuff. No, not that Corey. Corey Feldman. Oh, he was. I, I maybe I misheard all of this in my head. Tierney said that Corey Feldman was going and voting on on there to be a troll. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's why it won. That is where this started, but I'm kind of enjoying the weird, strange trip it's been. Yeah. Cause there's a Corey, there's a Chris. It's crazy. <laughs> Corey Feldman is busy with his awesome musical career. Okay. He doesn't have time to troll minnow podcasts like mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's I did got go angels places. to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone places. <laughs> anyway. All right. So let's let's make our way back to this. You can't even blame can... me for that tangent. I mean, I started, but it wasn't even a tangent until you guys <laughs> took over. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> I think if if Donnie and I really tried, we could go on some crazy tangents. Yeah. Uh... Keep well, you check. have. Uh, I I will make the face that Engie Wook is making at second seven. He is just freaking out. I accidentally froze it on that second while I was typing something, and I was just came back and I'm like, aww. <laughs> Tierney gushes a lot. It's it's cute. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my pick from a couple minutes back. That green is looking pretty tasty. <laughs> you think it's sour <laughs> apple or is it like that lime? I don't Sour care. Sour apple would be delicious. It might. It could be cucumber. That's fine. Ooh, pickle yeah, juice. Yeah, it's a little tealy to be sour lime. <laughs> yeah. It's not ecto cooler. Ooh, which was... um, I actually found the recipe online, and I did make one Halloween to like make your own ecto cooler, and it was funny because we were all drinking it, and first of all, we were all like. I don't remember the last time I had actual ecto cooler, so I guess this tastes right, but <laughs> yeah. I don't have like any memory to compare it to. And then we all like drink a small glass of it, and then multiple of us were like, "My teeth kind of hurt <laughs> from the one <laughs> cup of it." <laughs> and I made a whole pitcher, and a lot of it, it had so much sugar in it that we were just like. We can't. We're going to die doing this. From what I remember, then, it sounds like you made it right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, good. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. looked right. I, I was very pleased. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I had it. I still have the recipe. But, yeah, I don't think I'm probably ever going to make that again. <laughs> you know, looking at this this screenshot that you were talking about, Second Seven, I don't. have we talked about the prosthetics that are on his face at all? There aren't any. It's so easy to forget that there are there are prosthetics there. It's so natural. They did such a great job with it, and it fits so well with his character. You can just forget it's there. He's you know he's got these ears and this nose, and it's it's a non-issue. Like you can almost walk past it every time. 
What's that embroidery on his vest? Is that like a tree or a dragon or oh, what's going on there? I can't tell. Home tree. It's a home tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ingiwook, the first home tree. And now you know. <laughs> yeah, we've mentioned his prosthetics when he started and the fact that he generally tended to play characters kind of like this in the same vein. So you do kind of forget, like, no, that's not what he looked like walking down the street. Also, <laughs> it probably wasn't very different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if this is what you get typecast as, that says something about you. <laughs> right. So as the tree's walking down this this long road here, doesn't it feel like one of those hall- hallways in a bad dream that just keeps changing distance? Like one time, one moment it's it's close, and then it's far away, and then it's close again, and there's absolutely no consistency. It's like a bad dream or something. I, I was actually ruined by Monty Python. Anytime there's something like that, all I can see is Lancelot running in place <laughs> for like 45 seconds until he finally attacks the guard. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. And then... <laughs> As as great as the effects are in this movie, you can clearly tell that as he's walking, doing his, his hero walk, mm-hmm. there's a blue screen behind him, and there's a blue screen ahead yeah. of him. He has a very determined look on his face. He is going to transition between these blue screens. I would and, not be surprised yeah. if he was yeah. walking on an escalator right here. like just <laughs> <laughs> Or like those moving sidewalks at exactly, the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just walking and not going anywhere, actually, Aww. but the blue screen's moving. Oh, yeah, more like a treadmill. Sorry. Oh, yeah, this was actually <laughs> shot at Hamburg International. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's doing his best. This is another case where this actor is you know, doing their best, and they have just, like, nothing to work with. I don't know. This kid, like, uh, maybe he has a sense that, hey, I'm in a movie that is going to be totally awesome for generations. He, I mean, and he's also a kid, so he's just, he's very good at expressing, like, childlike wonder, and uh, never at any point is the actor uh, a detraction from anything that's going on. Speaking of detractors... Oh, jeez. And it will get so negative. I'm glad you brought this up because when Atreyu was up there with him and every moment since they met Atreyu, Engiwook has had every confidence that Atreyu would make it through this. He's like, you're the one that's going to go get me the information I need. You know, it has to be you because nobody else will do it, but I know that you can make it until now. Now he's like... Oh, he's no. going to die. It's it's over now. What How many happened? people has he said that to before? Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's just a natural contrarian. <laughs> Even with the night, like, yeah, this night, I've seen him all before. Did he make it? Oh, he didn't. <laughs> like, come on, make up your mind, dude. <laughs> so not only is he a, a psychopath, he's also got dual personalities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you brought up Schmeagol and Gollum. That was not me. So <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I love that Engiwick is doubting him. That's been put in our mind. And then when we next cut back to Atreyu, he grabs the Orin around yeah, like his neck. He's and it's almost like, like, okay, okay. He can feel the doubt that Engiwick has or something. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's all part of the speech that Engiwick gave. He planted the seeds of doubt. Well, and it's weird because Engiwick would have recognized the Orin. Like, he should know... That that's like special Empress protection right there. Right. Yeah. I was going to say I'm coming back to Engiwook 
not being a homicidal maniac. Okay. Um, I th- I think his doubt and his own fear. I think he is invested in in, Tre- in Atreyu, and he wants him to succeed. He's just afraid that it's going to play out like he's seen it play out so many times before. Right. Hmm. Now, I, I I wasn't here, you know, for minutes past, but when Falcor first brings them here, Falcor seems awfully comfortable here. Does Falcor know these two people? I don't think he does. I, think I don't remember he's, getting that impression, but it's been a while since I've seen the whole movie. I think if he had been here before, this would not be the first time he got shots. Hmm. <laughs> so ah, he, he would be, he would be yeah. expecting that. Imagine if he had been here before, he would be up to date on his rabies shot already. Who gave him the shot? Urgle. <laughs> okay, well, if she's going to the Oracle all the time, she's forgetting that she gave him the shot. <laughs> Oh, no. Is this like the tetanus shot, which they tell you is good for 10 years, and then the minute you hurt yourself again, they give you another tetanus shot? Yeah, Yeah, maybe maybe it just hasn't been there in 10 years. She's like, you had to fight a a, Yagrimul the many. (laughs) Maybe you need another shot. (laughs) Yeah, in the book, he's in really rough shape Uh, by the time they... I mean, he is, you know, worse than Atreyu getting bandaged up. He got jacked up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So the light, we talked about this a little bit on Return to Osman, and I guessed it there, but there's a moment here where we get a faraway shot of the valley, and then we get a close shot of the valley, and they work really consistent with the lighting in that. There's a there's like a half shadowy side, and there's a fully shadowy side, and they achieve that really well. But where does that light come from on his back in the faraway shot? I can't figure it out. It's the same light that was on the night. And I know it's just there so that we can see him better, but there's no real world application. Real world. It's not the real world, but. There's a. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a full moon. I'm there's assuming a- one of the crystals on that wheel is like a spotlight. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I could. It just. There's. It's just weird the way they highlighted it from the distance so you could see him in the dark shadow. And then when you get down to him, there's no light whatsoever. That sort of thing doesn't really kill the immersion for me. No, no, not yeah. at all. It's only when you go minute by minute and you yeah. notice these things. Yeah. And uh, speaking of immersion, I've been trying all week to debate whether it is better or worse. So I grew up outside and living in like one of the suburbs, the uh, commuter towns for New York City. And so I would go into the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The map was my absolute favorite. And I had seen statues that were kind of like this, and they had um, Asterian stone dragons, which weren't sphinxes, but there was, you know, it was an entryway. There was one on either side, and then you walked through the doorway between them. Yeah. And I can't decide if that made this better or worse on the terrifying scale. <laughs> because on the one hand, I remember, like, seeing stuff in the mat and being kind of like, uh, I'm just going to walk, like, give that a wide berth. But at the same time, there is that familiarity of like, okay, okay, you've seen these things before. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Which is my lovely transition of would you like to talk about <laughs> the Sphinxes? Because I'm sure you have a lot to say. <laughs> I actually don't. My my one note is oh. two words long and boobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> I know as a kid, this was probably uh, a big moment for me. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually don't know if I was watching this when it would have mattered to me. 
Like when I was a little kid, I know I I could have cared less. Yeah. And by the time I was old enough for it to be important, I don't think I was watching this movie every day. So you'd moved on to other. <laughs> I was a scholarly lad, so like even at seven, I was like, yeah, some statues have boobs. Yeah. That's a thing. It's just a thing. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> so the way he grabs the orange here, do you think he understands that the orange should protect him from this? Or would the Orin protect him from this? Do you think it would? If he had got hit, would he have been okay? Would it have just like absorbed it? I don't think if he got hit, he would be okay. I think the Orin would be left there, and then Urgle would have come down and <laughs> scooped it up eventually. They'd have one more piece to add to their. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I don't see the Orin protecting him if he actually got hit. I think it's more like this of. It's it's the confidence boost. I, I I don't game. I'm sure there is an analogy for this of like leveling up before you go into the battle so that it, it, it gives him a buff. Right. Uh, is is that the way to say? Because I was like, yeah, you you know you you do the thing before the battle so that everything's at full strength. I know yeah. that much. <laughs> I think the buff that it gave him was the long jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, whatever works. <laughs> or he's just fidgeting. I mean, he's just grabbing it because it's there. If I'm doing that. I'm sticking my hand in my pocket and I'm jingling my keys or something just right. to be doing something before I do this. That moment of just mindless, you know, fidget. Okay, ready to go. The last note that I have about this this minute, when we get the hero shot view of Atreyu between the sphinxes and they're glowing and they're looking magnificent, do you guys think that's a matte painting or is that a set? What second are you looking at? Let's say a second 43. 53. 53. Try okay. 53. Because sh- I feel confident there are both. So I, ooh, I think that is the way he is outlined. He's, he's got like a corona around him. Yeah, he's at <laughs> least in front of a screen of some sort. I could see that being a matte painting. The, the the biggest reason I would think it was a matte painting is the glow from the sphinxes themselves. Like that has to be painted in there. If if those are actual statues, then at least the sky behind him is yeah. painted orange in those areas to make it look like they're glowing or something. Yeah, and and you can paint that you can paint that effect in on the film itself. But I think for this shot with him. Yeah, I would totally buy that this is a matte painting. Actually, I just played from that second, mm-hmm. and that glow actually pulsates. Hmm. It's not. Oh a... well, yeah. the The glow does pulse throughout. Uh, in I know in these scenes. Let me watch and see if I can. It's it's really choppy though. Right. It's, it's only going back and forth between two. And next on the never ending second. there's better glowing in other scenes because i feel like when they're talking the glow kind of goes with that here it's just going between two two settings essentially right Hmm. i mean they're absolutely gorgeous and i'm sure there was a set of them i'm just thinking like for this case is this just like a painting they did of it i wonder if that's part of the bavarian tour if you can go and see these like the sculptures that they used, and I wonder how big they actually are. Like yeah, if they're five cool. feet or if they're thirty feet, or I doubt they're like huge like this that you can walk now, through. But hundred nine miles. 
<laughs> I I hate to say this. I'm going to come down a little bit on Wolfgang Peterson's side. That doesn't happen very often. So, you know, make a note of it, folks. I'm I'm looking at second 56, but I'm looking at the Sphinxes, which I've never questioned. They've got those huge wings. This is amazing. Yes, they've got boobs. But as we discussed, some statues have boobs. They've got those great feet. But when you look at second 56, you don't see those feet. That is a very female humanoid, especially the one on the left. The way her hips are spread so that her knees are on either side, I kind of get why Wolfgang Peterson was not down with the statue. Wait, wait, wait. You mean uh, Michael Ende? Oh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I do mean Michael Ende. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I am so sorry. And wait, what second are you talking about where you see the... So I started playing it. So at second 54, and then 55, he's a little bit closer. 56, he's a little bit closer. Look at the Sphinx on the left and the way her knees are outside of her front arms and the squat. So you're saying that's a painted actress. (laughs) I'm just saying it's, and hey, some statues have boobs. Some statues are very suggestive. These things happen in art. It, it's totally <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. I just, I never, ever picked up on that as a kid. And when you started saying, oh, Michael Ende thought the Sphinxes were pornographic, I was like, Psh, what a funny duddy. And now I'm looking at it like, oh, I guess I see it. It is yeah, this, a little suggestive. This is the biggest reason that he wanted to, this was one of the first reasons he wanted to take his name off the project and have them change the name of this movie was because of these sphinxes. He's still a fuddy-duddy, but he's not <laughs> entirely wrong in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's where I'm coming down. <laughs> I, I I would love to just hear from the person that designed these because he put a lot of work into these and I don't remember who it was was talking about how one minute of, oh, it was on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles minute. They have one minute of uh, content where it's just Splinter lighting a candle. And apparently it took like a few days to get that one minute. <laughs> and it's something nobody will ever know. But the people that made it, that put that care into it. And that's the same thing here. Like somebody put a lot of care into these. Yeah. Oh, they're gorgeous. And it's for, you know, a whole five minutes of content. Well, I don't think that person feels unappreciated. I mean, like you said, we're talking about this movie from 1984 in 2017 with gushing praise. And I think even the people who don't do podcasts about this, these are one of the iconic mental images of this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can show this picture that you're talking about at second 55 or 56 to anybody and they instantly know what movie it's from. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to whoever did it. (laughs) Faintly reminiscent of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) To whoever painted that or sculpted it, if it's a painting or a sculpture or to the model, if it's a person, to whoever is in (laughs) or contributed to the scene. Good job. I almost want to say these are actual statues of some sort because if you look at, I know people can paint shadows well, but if you look at the right-hand side, the way the shadow from the wing is hitting the back wing. it's so crisp. Yeah, Yeah, I think that that is lighting doing that. Well, I definitely think there were real, actually, I almost wonder if it's like, 
not a map photo isn't a thing, but you you get what I'm going for, right? Like they took a statue of the uh, they took a picture of the statues painted in the rocks and sky behind it and the glow. Or could I could even be, I I could even believe this did? is a this is a miniature like maybe five feet tall and he's doing the perspective thing that he's been doing the whole time where he yeah. films something, puts it up on blue screen later, and then has a tree walk towards it. That could be. I mean, they definitely did some painting in, like you said, with the glow. And the more I look at these rocks, the more they are reminding me of every movie that used matte paintings to <laughs> kind of get mountains. In. You know, like they just, they just, there's just a look to them. That's yeah. what they look like. But you're right. The shadowing is. is I'm on board with statues. Yeah, I yeah. think I like the idea of statues. Oh, uh, now I'm thinking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Man, the 80s were so good to us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all I have for this minute. I've had enough of uh, boobs for this week. <laughs> um, wow. Do you, Donnie, do you have anything that you want to plug while you're here? Uh, sure. My podcast, uh, More Good Than, it can be found at mgtpodcast.com. Check us out. While I have you here and I happen to listen to your podcast, you guys were talking about something the other day that I think could use a little bit more exposure. What about that project that CJ has been working on? Oh, uh, Glimpse the Beyond? Yes. Uh, I think by the time this airs, the Kickstarter campaign will be done but, uh, yeah, he has uh, started writing uh, this project for Aegis Studios. So it's kind of a uh, like a mage wizard style RPG, modern day setting, kind of bleak for people who are into that sort of thing. <laughs> um, We're watching Never Ending Minute. We know bleak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks or in the past, uh, depending on when this airs, um, I will write or will have written a sort of playtest session for that with some of the home trees. So hopefully that goes well. It looks like a cool game. The mechanics yeah. are awesome. Um, CJ is pretty prolific. I mean, he's always working on some creative project. So Yeah, I was the second I heard about it, I went and looked it up, and it looks like a fantastic project. For those of you that like tabletop gaming or – doing uh, pen and paper RPGs, it's going to be right up your alley and it's fresh and new and something that hasn't really been done before yeah. with the way you do spell casting and stuff like that. It's, it's going to, it's going to blow a lot of minds, I think. And that art, uh, did you see any of the art for oh, it? Yes. That's uh, Mary Madewell who designed our logo. That is uh, CJ's wife. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So Tierney, why don't you tell the fine people where they can find us? Oh, well, if you haven't had enough, we are on Facebook. We've mentioned before we have a listeners group. We also just have a regular page. So if you search for The Never Ending Minute, you will find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter at NevEndMin, because Never Ending Minute is a really, really long Twitter handle. And we're also on the website. We're part of Growler Media. So if you go to growlermedia.com and look at podcasts, you will find us. And you'll find Beauty and the Beastly Minute, which is doing this Movies by Minutes treatment, but for the animated Disney film Beauty and the Beast. And if those two don't uh, satisfy your appetite, go to moviesbyminutes.com. And that are all of the completed or currently releasing podcasts in this format. It's curated by Pete of Pete and Alex, who started Star Wars Minute, which is kind of the, you know... God Pod is my nickname for it. 
<laughs> uh, it, it birthed an empire. So those are good places. Yeah, my my addendums here. Guys, if you like the show, we really like would like to hear about it. If you don't like the show, we'd like to hear about that too. Give us some feedback, whether that be on iTunes reviews or if you want to go to the website and let us know there. If you want to go to the Facebook page and, and talk to us there, you can send messages. These Twitter handles that we're giving out, this is so that you can talk to us and let us know how you feel about these shows. We, we want your feedback. We want to give you... Yeah a show that you want to listen to. If there's something you want us to change, if you love it, we'd really like to know. We don't get paid for this. This is just for you guys. So we'd like to know that we're giving you something you love. Yeah. Just try not to be an engie wook. Decide before you start <laughs> writing the review whether or not it's positive or negative. <laughs> and if it's negative, please have constructive criticism oh, yeah, for us. Yeah. Let us know what we can do. If I could Go point ahead. something out, when Go you ahead. asked me to guess the show, I listened to a couple episodes at that point, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. So the episodes I listen to, I mean, it's good, insightful stuff. And like, I do a comedy podcast. I don't do like actual analysis and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, we got uh, deep this week. Yeah, you can, but you guys have uh, a, an awesome blend of actual critical analysis <laughs> and humor. So I mean, I, I I thank you for having me on the show. I had a lot of fun. Oh, it's been great, Donnie. Us. I'm really glad you got to join us. We uh, shifted some things around. I thought you'd be a good addition to our show. So I'm really glad you could, you could make it out and join us, even though it's harder dealing with times across the country, but we made it work. So thank you. All right. So we have some, some traveling to do. We need to find out whether or not he's going to make it through these busty sphinxes, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) that's that's another another story. story. That shall be told another time. Growler Media presents a tale as old as time. One beauty. Is anyone here? One beast. It's forbidden. One minute at a time. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast one minute at a time. Search for Beastly Minute to find it and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting app. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.